Welcome back. I'm Mike Harlow, and this is Property with a View, a podcast series by the Digital Property Market Steering Group. This episode captures a short selection of speeches from our launch event in London on the 12th of September. In it, we have insights and ideas from leaders within the industry, and I hope you're able to get from it a sense of what the steering group is about and the changes that we hope to bring to the way the property market works. So, on behalf of the um, Digital Property Marketing Steering Group, you'll all know that by the end of the day, uh, thank you so much for coming. I know I've worked in the property market for a reasonable amount of time, uh, and I know it even on quiet days, doesn't it just feel like you'll never get through that to-do list? So, to take a full day uh, and a bit probably uh, out of your working schedules to come here, we are super, super grateful. Um, and we hope you have a fabulous day. I'm going to be dead honest with you. The only reason today will be successful is because you tell us everything that you think we're thinking of or that's thrown at you is utterly crap or is fabulous or why something won't work or why you're doing something that nobody's ever listened to and you would like to see uh, that work. So this day is very much for you to tell everybody else how we can do things better. And the whole thing is about the fact that we have a very paper-based system. Whether you're in resi or commercial, if you want to buy, if you want to sell something, it's paper-based. And there's huge amounts of data involved. And that's only going to get worse. It's not ever, ever going to get better. You're going to be asked more and more. And we have to digitalize that data. That's easy to say. We all know it's incredibly difficult to do. The main aim of today is to get that conversation not started, because we've done lots already, but is to make sure that we involve people that are doing this on a day-to-day -day basis and that we get the whole digitalization process uh, led uh, moving forward. So uh, I'm going to hand over to Mike, who's going to talk about the, um, uh, sort of set the scene for today, uh, and then I'll come on and talk to you a little bit more um, about uh, why we need this change. So over to Mike. Thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us today. It's um, quite an array of talents and experience we have in the room. Uh, I'm very grateful that you've uh, given your time. I look forward to catching up with you. When I was younger, so much younger than today, I joined a law firm called Jones Day and was given a computer. At first, I used it only as a place to put post-it notes on those things I needed to do. Uh, then I learned that you could easily email mates on it to arrange a drink, uh, happy days. Uh, then not so happy days, clients realized they could email me, uh, and that was much quicker than uh, sending me a letter. In forward a few years, and I'm a partner in a meeting trying to advise a developer client, whilst another was sending me repeated emails to my BlackBerry, insisting the receptionist brought me faxes, and then calling and texting on my mobile all at the same time. All he wanted was an update on progress and to see the property search information, not advice, just an idea of what was happening. How dare I have other things to do? We had several new and instantaneous ways to communicate, yet nothing seemed to be moving faster, except perhaps the blood in our temples. Was technology then making things more efficient? Not obviously. Is it any better now? Yes. Is it as good as it could be? No, but you know that already. We will hear later of the experience in Norway, which is one of a number of countries where the process of buying a property, residential or commercial, 
is still careful, painstaking, and properly advised, but it is efficient. It takes the time it needs to. No more, and generally, no one is caught out or stressed by a lack of information. That matters because moving matters. Whether you're a business or an individual, having somewhere to live or do business is fundamental to living and doing business. Theoretically, the efficiency problem is simple to understand. It's all about information and communication. Think how much less stressed you would be, whatever your role, if you knew at all times everything you needed to know about the property, who you're dealing with, the terms of the deal and the finances, and progress. If everyone knew all of that, had a single shared source of the truth, which all the parties and their representatives have access to at all times, then think what happens. No chasing, no wondering, no surprises, no blaming, no delays. Instead, confidence. Confidence that advice and decisions can be given and made swiftly. Confidence that you, the buyer or the seller, are doing the right thing and can plan all the important stuff that depends on the move. Confidence that things will happen at your pace. Just four things. What's the property? Who am I dealing with? The agreed terms. Progress. And that applies to residential and commercial. Any property, regardless of how complicated or emotional the transaction. So what's the issue? Well, information about property is not all instantly available. It's not all there to see when you make that crucial first commitment, the offer to buy. Information about the parties is not, yes, at least, absolutely 100% trustworthy. And as for progress, you may have to ask around or ask someone to ask someone to ask around. But these are not technologically challenging problems. You can make all the data instantly available, look at what's happening with local land charges. You can identify the parties using secure ID checks as HMLR's safe harbour standards sets out. You can create systems that all use data and connections that work to a settled standard. Then the systems we use can all hook up, see the same complete information. No one is missing anything. No one is unsighted. So why has that not happened fully, and yet it has elsewhere? Well, what's simple in principle can be hard in practice, right? Hard because there are barriers such as inertia, risk aversion, lack of understanding, a lack of belief, conservatism. There might be vested interests or at least a lack of incentive to change. Hard because it's simply a big task. There's a lot to do. A lot of different data sets, a lot of different bodies and professions, and some of the investment is substantial, like in digitizing national data sets. And then there's what, personally, I think is a further factor, waiting. Waiting for someone to lead, someone to go first, waiting for the right circumstances, for a settled approach to emerge that you can confidently invest in. Waiting, as somebody said to me this morning, waiting for the right legislation. Although, when we talked about what legislation that might be, it was more a sense of, I don't know, just something that would make it happen, something that would catalyze it. Plenty of you are probably now thinking, well, I've not been waiting. You are a self-selecting bunch of people who have not been waiting, really. Uh, I've been getting on with it. Just look at how much progress has been made with the Home Buying and Selling Group. Just look at what work has been done to create great new data services in the commercial and residential sectors, notwithstanding that the fact that the 
good data is hard to come by. So many people have been doing ingenious ways of grabbing the data and making it whole and useful. And look at the great new conveyancing systems that are increasingly holistic. And they're right, of course. If this steering group did nothing but cheer that on, it would get us somewhere. But what if it was more than cheerleading? The institutions in the sector could, through inaction, lack of coordination, lack of a shared vision, make things harder. They could unintentionally leave barriers in place. They could set different contrary directions that complicate and frustrate. You could see approaches developing commercial and residential that differ and conflict. All that would be bad and unnecessary. It would just make people hesitate over the investment they needed to join in. So that's why the steering group is here, and that's why this time it will be different with your help, with us working closely with you to support and maybe get out of the way of what you are doing. Steering group isn't starting from scratch, obviously. It's here to help evaluate what is already a good idea, what needs a turbo boost, and what might need a steer to meet everyone's needs. We realize that together with you in collaboration, the group can work on the many, often little things that are needed to remove the barriers, align the guidance, the rules, and the incentives. And we want to make sure that it works across the residential and commercial sectors because the problems are common to both. If the fixes are not common, they will trip each other up. The data sources are largely the same, the need to connect up and share data is the same, the risks around fraud and identification need the same response. The steering group working with you, not on not in the open, on the things that would support your progress, that's what will catalyze faster, healthy development in the property market. You'll hear from the minister in a moment, and you'll see from the presence of uh, government departments in the room as to how valued that approach is by them. So where do we start? Well, here's a five-point promise as just an opener. First, the group wants to go get to the goal of upfront information. It will support the creation of many ways of working, accessible digital data, and great new services that will give people all they need to know about a property before they offer. Second, the group will support the development and adoption of a common data standard and connectivity between systems. This is so that everyone can access a single source of the truth at all times, and so they can work together whatever system they're using. We are excited to be working with the newly formed Open Property Data Association on this issue. Third, the group wants to increase people's confidence in who they are dealing with. So we will work with those who are developing ID standards and services, those who need to rely on ID checks and government to create clarity and market opportunities for digital ID and e-signatures. Fourth, the group will continue to support and contribute to research and development. We know that right now the potential of AI, for example, is great and yet largely uncertain. What seems like an impossibility today may not be tomorrow. So we want to continue to collaborate on research across the sector, and we will work closely with the likes of UK uh, Prop Tech Association and, of course, anyone who is willing to engage. And finally, our promise is that we will listen, be transparent, and offer many ways to engage. We will 
publish our research, our program of activities, and our annual summary of where we think the sector is at and the direction ahead. Ours is a supportive and collaborative role. We cannot work in any other way. You will hear more today of the many ways you can keep in touch and engage from now on. We are some distance from the valley floor, but there is a lot of mountains still to climb. This is the path we see immediately ahead. What we would like from you today is your reaction and your input into plotting the path to the peak. So think of today as one of those delightful respites on a climb when you perch on your rucksack, sip bovril, and eat chocolate with guilt-free gusto. At the end of the day, we get up with a renewed sense of purpose and march on. Somebody did say to me that I should explain what bovril is for those under a certain age. It's basically boiled down cow, which you then um, pour into a cup and uh, reinvigorate with hot water. It's delicious, honestly. It sounds better than it. It's actually better than it sounds. In a moment, I'll hand over, uh, back over to Kate to give us a summary of the progress made so far in the residential sector through the Home Buying and Selling Group and her perspective on the way ahead. But before I do, I just wanted to uh, say something about HM Land Registry's role in this. Our number one priority is, and will always be, of course, customer service. And at the moment, that means prioritizing the speed of service, particularly the oldest cases. Those are obviously not being dealt with as speedily as they should, and if that is affecting you, I'm sorry. This is not a distraction from that. This helps. Secure and efficient land registration comes from clean data, connected systems, trust in who you are dealing with. It's why we've been working on digitizing our applications, digitizing our register. It's why we've led the way in the adoption of digital ID and e-signatures. It's why we're working on automation. But we can't hope to do that well and successfully unless we work with you on making the whole process digital and connected. We still have a to and fro with applicants about the accuracy of application data in 20% of all cases and almost three times that uh, number portion in complex cases. The work of the steering group will help the digitization of the market process up to the door of land registry and in so doing will support faster, efficient and resilient land registration. And as for our role in the steering group, um, we've acted as host this time, um, but it's just one member of the group. The members represent their own interests. We may disagree on what to do next from time to time. We have different perspectives and different aims. So of course, we're not always going to see eye to eye. But what we do agree on is that working together to coordinate, prioritize, and solve as much as we can in collaboration with you and with government is vital to progress. And that's what this is about and this day is about. Thank you very much. Kate. So, questions and questions. We want a ton of those because it's the only way that we're going to get that right. So, um, what I wanted to have a little chat about, um, I've been looking after the home buying and selling group. I know we have lots of uh, commercial people uh, in, in the room as well. I, I will do my best to engage with you, but that's one of the things that I need to learn and take on board, is to make sure that we don't have digitalized property data without you. It needs a joint response. Um, and I have to say, I might well know that um, when he mentioned the commercials, I, I would go, oh, please, 
it's really complicated for the resi side. I don't think I can cope with commercial. But he's right. And he just said, Kate, there are, there are shops. And then above, the shared ownership. And there's penthouse apartments. We can't do this without working as, as closely with the commercial sector. And that's what difference has this group made already? It's made that. If we'd have just gone down the path of resi only, we would not have been successful because we have to work with our commercial uh, colleagues to make sure that we get this right. And that is a massive, massive change. And I think it's made sure that we don't uh, fail on something that we perhaps would have done. So for me, it's why you're here, why you're in this room. And also, one of the things that this group isn't doing is it is not working from scratch, as Mike said. And I really want to show examples of what are the things that it's going to be picking up. Um, I thought I'd do this because everybody will have mixed feelings. We get quite a lot of comments online. We have uh, LinkedIn groups. Some people are very much more active online than they might be uh, in person. But this is the feedback that we have. We, I work with people that are well a move and they, they, they're saying, everything's broken, Kate, and we've got to go and change everything now. And then I talk to people who go, here, Kate, I do a really good job. And yes, a third of sales fall through, but only 10% of mine fall through, and I get everybody moved in 12 weeks. We don't need any change. And actually, that scale is correct. Some companies might not need to do anything, and some companies will need to do more. Uh, but one of the things that we very rarely get pushed back on is wouldn't it be lovely if instead of having to get data on a piece of paper and check, because six is a funny number, isn't it? It can read in all sorts of different ways. Um, what if that just dropped into that form? And what if that was all automated? But for that to happen, of course, you've all got to be able to trust that data. It's got to meet all of the code of conduct. It's got to meet all the regulatory needs. So we understand that you have all of these feelings, but please understand from us that we have people that don't want to change, don't think it needs to, um, and people that want to change it like yesterday. And the one thing I think that we can all agree on, which is why this group is so important, is we cannot continue a paper-based system. We have to digitalize it. But it's complicated. Um, and one of my favorite phrases was, yeah, committee. That won't work. Seen it all before. And you're absolutely right. Um, how many people have sat in a room like this? And you can put your hands up if you wish to be interactive, because I'm trying to get you all going. How many people have sat in a room and said, um, come to e-conveyancing meetings? Come on, you know you have. I know there's been five. There's more of you. Come on, put those hands up. Because you've been to meetings like this before, where you've been told that everything's going to change, isn't it? And then nothing happened. I hosted, on behalf of the Land Registry, a land charges conference for quite some years before we got one of them up and running. But it is working now. So yes, things do take time. But the whole reason that you're here today is we know that is not how you change, the change things in the property market. Actually, what you have to do is you have to start with people on the ground. And that is people that run their own businesses, and there's just them, and they're doing their own work through to franchises, corporates, networks. It's a massive scale that we have to work with and make sure that it works. And that's why you're here first. And that's why we're not here telling you exactly how we're going to digitize property data, because we don't know. And the only way that we're going to be sure how it's done 
is if you, we've got some ideas and we can look at all the things that have been done, which I'll chat about in a minute, and then you tell us what you like, what you don't like. A great thing from today is you'll be looking at lots of things we're trying to do in the resi market, but we don't know how they'll come across in the commercial. And this is where we need to gel the two together because we can't digitalize that property data for one sector and not the other. Um, my favorite is, um, well, you've tried before and it's failed. Uh, does anybody here drink iced tea? Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. I used to work for Unilever. We tried to launch iced tea in this country five times. My occasion, we thought, I know, we'll come up with a trendy name. We'll call it Cool Brew, because that'll work. It was a complete and utter disaster. And eventually, they just decided to sell iced tea here like they do in Europe. It's called Lipton's iced tea. And weirdly, the coffee shops now stock iced tea, because everybody wants that extra volume. But the internet, 40 years in the making, 40 years. Stuff does not happen overnight. Our industry is not unique. Things take time, and certainly digitizing data, completely changing systems, is going to take time. But we can't do it individually, and we've got to do it together. Um, and that's the way we know we'll be successful. And from my perspective, we've changed a lot. It might not feel like it. And I know if people are buying and selling, or um, if you're certainly in 2021, when everything, we all thought the market was going to die, didn't we? And suddenly, whoosh, up it went. Uh, and nobody got to sleep for about 18 months. Um, but we actually have changed things a lot. Well, what has changed? So some of the things, and this is resi related, but I'm going to talk about it on commercial times as well, uh, as much as I can. And that's what I need. You need to come and find me, the commercial guys, and tell me what I'm not taking into consideration and need to understand. One of my biggest problems that I felt that was wrong with the market is no point trying to do anything until we talk to each other and until we all got on. And one of the problems we have is that uh, lenders blame legal companies, legal companies blame agents, agents blame everybody else. And we had to stop that, and we have. Um, it'll still happen on the ground, but actually, from the 30 organizations, 30, 3 0, to get anything changed in the home buying and selling group, we have to get 30 organizations, regress, regulators, ombudsmen, they all have to agree to do it. But if they agree to do it, but Marion in surveying, Sarah in legal says, well, that's lovely, Kate, but if you're an individual who's running their own business, that's not going to work. I run a franchise. It's not going to work like that. It's no use us coming up with ideas of how to change things if it doesn't work on the ground. And that's one of the other big learnings we have. So we have over 100 practitioners. We go through, we come up with the ideas, or people come to us with the ideas, we have a look at them, and then we make sure that they work on the ground. And that has been groundbreaking. But it has taken us some years to get that right and to learn how to do it. And for anybody that says to me, you can't change, I don't believe a word of it. Everybody in this room and the tens of thousands of people out there, including the land registry, you were up and running remote working in a matter of weeks. We were the first industry to open, scared stiff. I don't know if you remember, but it was terrifying. If you're in the removals business where you could not take uh, the precautions that you needed to not to get COVID. And we couldn't open the market up without the removals, guys. A real catch-22. You re-engineered the whole process, resi and commercial, of how to buy, sell, and let. And you did it in a few months. 
and you did it successfully, incredibly successfully. Digital signatures, you achieved that in the commercial market. We haven't done so well resi-wise, and that's one of the things that would be great to improve. Use of identi digital identity rocketed, and there's some fantastic work being done on digital identity, um, and that is coming, and that will massively change things. And we all learn to work from home. So without name-dropping a little bit, I used to do a lot with the BBC. And they were really specific. When you get up in the morning, you have to be at a hotel at, at, uh, at, uh, in the evening. They then get you up at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning, and off you go to the BBC. And it was very regimented. You have to be on the sofa. My dogs appear on the interviews now. Nobody cares. Kids come in and ask for biscuits, and that's fine. Cats walk across the screen. We've really, really changed um, the way we work. And that tells me this industry can change. And I won't hear anybody saying we can't. When we have to, we do it. Now we've got to make sure that we want to, and that's part of the engagement process that we want to do today. So, all right, proof that it's worked, because we haven't reduced the fall-throughs, and we haven't uh, reduced the time that it takes, and I understand that. But there was one set of guidance, one set of guidance. You didn't have lenders' guidance on COVID. You didn't have surveyors' guidance on COVID. You had home-moving guidance, which had been agreed throughout all of the organisations, and more importantly, through every single uh, organisation or company that we could talk to, small, medium, large, etc. 1.6 million moves in our area. Huge number of moves in the commercial sector. That is just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But we did it and it worked because we worked really, really well together. And thank you for all the hard work that everybody put in to do that. Everybody knows Stamp Duty Cliff Edges exist. Communication, we went to government and said, we are not going to be able to move everybody by the 31st of March. Help. And they helped us, they extended it. Not only, and then what we did was legal companies, agents wrote out to people and said, we might not get you moved by this date. It might not be possible. And as a result of that, we said, you need to have the stamp duty money in your bank account. And all the stories that normally come out after the cliff edges of, oh, all these people didn't get to move, they rarely happened. And that was because of the changes in the communication that we'd done and because we have working relationships that have never existed before. Everybody knows, there are, uh, everybody knows we have to. We have to implement the Building Safety Act. But we also know there's some issues in doing that. So we have a list, and we're working through that, and we're help getting help from government. We talk to trading standards. We're talking to everybody, and we're trying to capture all the stories of where it's going wrong so that we've got a to-do list and talk to everybody we need to to try and get those right. And that's hugely important. So we have a method, we have a process, and this is where we're starting, this is where we're coming to with this today. And this is why you're here um, helping us to understand how do we digitalize property data and why you're not coming here in a year's time being told how it's going to happen. We're doing it completely the other way around. So we know everybody can change. We know that we've got a good communication system and hopefully even better from today. And these are some of the things that we've, we've, we've done. Um, and I'm not going to kind of read through every, every one of these. But whatever we do on here, it has to work from lender right through to removal industry. Because if it doesn't, it will fail. And so whenever we're looking at doing something, we involve everybody um, who are in the process to do that. And if you think there's somebody missing, if you know somebody out there that we need to get involved, you need to let us know. Um, 
So I know we have some questions, so the discussion paper is, uh, please don't uh, tell everybody about that yet, we'll come to you, it won't be long. But we, wanna, we think we know how to move now in, a, in the resi industry and how we should move in the future. And the future part is today, that's about the digital property data. That is what's going to revolutionise buying and selling in resi and in commercial. So we haven't, I originally called it a white paper, but I felt that was telly. And I thought, let's, for some discussion, let's call it a discussion paper because we need people's feedback, everybody's feedback. as to how, We've got to get it right from day one, then we've got to get everybody to want to do it, and, but we need some uh, help along the way. So that's our intention of doing it. And the biggest reason for change, and I know this is only a resi stat, but bear with this commercial, yours is coming. How many people here would like to go through 2021 again and thinks that their organisations can move 1.6 million? <coughs> there aren't any hands going up. I'm not going to beat you up for that because I don't think we can do it again either. We have, and I don't think people outside our industry understand this. I used to work in food. If we needed more tea, I made more tea. We need more fray bantos. We used to do this as well. And birds eye custard. That was an interesting one. We ran out of that, actually. Uh, so, but this is our industry. We can be doing 800,000 moves one day and 1.6 million the next day. It takes five years for people to be properly trained. How on earth are we supposed to manage that if you don't press a button and data that you can trust moves in? We can't do it. And it's a miracle, quite frankly, that this was uh, achieved through 21 and indeed last year. And now, of course, everybody's having a tough time. So we have to digitalise property data because we can't cope with this. And nobody, it's not, it's not in our influence to change it. We don't control the volumes of our business. We don't control how many transactions are out there. It's completely out of our control, and it can stop or start a week later, um, uh, depending on what the news is. So again, COVID's coming, open up the market. Everybody thought it was going to fall down. What did it do? It went completely the other way. It's not under our control. So we need to make life easier for everyone. But what have we forgotten if we just focus on those figures and why do we need this group? Well, actually, we have to, this is where I come back to. It's not quite as stark in the commercial sector, but people in the, in the commercial sector, you have to deal with bad years and you have to deal with good years. And it requires a lot of expertise. And it's really, really important that we digitalize the data to make this possible now and in the future. And that is the biggest reason for me, is we just have to be able to be more adaptable. We don't have the people. It takes a long time to train. And it's not fair to put the stress on people that we had during 2021 and 2022. So why do we need the, the group and what's all about today? We've talked about the resi side. But the big thing is, we need somebody with the resources and the leadership like the land registry to help lead this, not just for the industry, but within government. There are at least six, if not more, departments that have got to get their data sorted for us to deliver it. If everybody in the private sector digitalized all the data they had, we wouldn't be able to move forward because government data has to, be, uh, has to move uh, in tandem with that. We've all got to get on a very, very big boat and we've got to go down the river, and we've got to do it all at the same speed, and it has to work. And so we have to have a group like this that's specialising in making sure that we get it right. Um, and we have to be transparent, and we have to show everything is aligned and in everybody's interest. It's a big job, but 
but we can do it. We've done it before, and we can do it with other things, and we can do it again. Um, and from the home buying and selling group, I know you might think it's a bit pathetic to say, we're doing all of the work we do for the love of the consumer, but we are. And some of the people you could consider being paid, so the people who are in the organisations, um, they're being paid to be there and to work with the home buying and selling group. But the person that just runs their own business, and it's just them, isn't. They're coming to the meetings themselves, they're paying to get to those meetings themselves, and they're giving up their free time that they could be spending with their family because they really believe and want to change. And when it comes to the organisations and all the people that you see up here, who I, I know most of them, my conversations with them are often at 6 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock at night, and on Sunday. And I tell you, that is how hard they work, and that is how much they want to deliver, and they want to deliver to you. So, but this job of digitalizing property data is so enormous, we can't do that as a volunteer group. And we already know now we couldn't, we couldn't work on commercial as well as doing what we're doing. So this group is absolutely needed. And I almost feel like there's a bit of a weight off my shoulders because I think, great, this is going to get done now. And I feel it, it's, it's on its way and it's very much coming. So you've heard from Mike, you've heard from me. Um, but let's all be honest, unless this is backed all the way up uh, to, to the boss of housing, uh, which our housing minister is, it's not going to work. Okay, so um, we met, the Home Buying Selling Group did meet with their housing minister a few months ago. And I have to say, I'm quite good at spotting when things are genuine. And she was genuinely super excited uh, about all the work that's been done so far, but wanting to move things forward. And I, I wouldn't say that if I didn't feel it. But what I also know, I'd never worked for the government before setting up the home buying and selling group. Um, but it doesn't happen, nothing happens without the absolutely, and I, I mean this, fabulous civil servants. Um, they're the ones that go away, do the work, liaise with us, uh, and uh, go back to the housing minister. And so not only have we got the support from Mike, from the housing, uh, from the land registry, the home buying and selling group, you've seen that we've got the support from the housing minister. But a crucial element is that senior civil servants are also very clear on what they do. And Jonathan's going to come and talk to us about the priorities that you have as far as the uh, digitalization is concerned. Thanks very much, uh, Kate and Mike, for the invitation. As Kate said, my name's Jonathan Clifton. I'm the Deputy Director for Home Ownership Policy and Programmes within uh, the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities, or, or DLUC, as we tend to shorten our, um, our, uh, our, our name to. Um, I also wanted to just take this opportunity, actually, to introduce Tom in my time. I'm going to embarrass him and ask him to stand up and wave at you all right now, before if I might forget to do it at the end. Tom is, um, is my deputy. Many of you, hopefully, will, will know Tom, because he leads specifically our work on home buying and selling reform. And I know him and his team have, um, have spoken to lots of you in the room. Um, sadly, um, Rachel McLean, the minister, couldn't join us um, today. So you've got um, you've got myself and Tom, I think, as as the support act. Um, but hopefully, as as the minister made clear, home buying and selling is a matter very close to um, her heart um, and, and and a priority for the department. And we all know that the current system has huge um, inefficiencies in it, both 
for the individual, but also at the system level. And a lot of our job is trying to remind Treasury, Number 10, the centre of, of government um, about those sort of inefficiencies at a system level and, and, and how they can affect both the, the wider economy as well as individual customers' lives. And of course, it's hugely, hugely stressful, um, as many of us who have been through the, the process know. So the reason we're all here today, as Kate and Mike have set out, is because we all believe that technology and digitization can help us deliver some big changes. And in the department, we've been working with many of you uh, in the room to identify what that vision uh, for a better property information system looks like. And today, we want to work with you to try and develop that further, to develop and refine our thinking on specific um, aspects of that as well as thinking about the role that we all have to play. And yes, I include government um, within that uh, to bring the system to life. And as we've been doing this work, there's sort of a, a few things that have jumped out to us and what we particularly wanted to try and test with, with, with you today. And so I'll just sort of call out four of those now. The first we've already heard about a lot is the importance of upfront information in trusted digital formats. That's a very uh, a theme I'm sure that will run throughout today and that we want to hear more about. And government have already been funding some of the, the projects from NTC, LAT and others into material information, been um, working closely with the home buying and selling group as they've identified key information that needs to be made up front in, in the process. So that's, that's a key sort of area uh, for us to think about where we can go further. The second is around customer transparency, because we all know how frustrating it is as customers to be kept in the dark um, about a, a process. Um, and of course, as, as, as Mike mentioned, whether it's um, sending letters, picking up the phone, or, or even the advent of email, um, uh, the, the, the key thing for customers is being able to get live um, updates on where they are in the process. And we've had lots of great um, meetings with some of the, the, the prop tech companies in this space. Um, you know, I'm aware of the work of Adore and others as they're developing platforms that allow customers to, uh, to track process for their sale um, or their purchase in, in, in real time. The third area is the, the importance then of, of, of the systems that, that Kate was talking about, of having those systems to be interoperable so that we can support those information flows between all of the different professions represented in this room. And I know the home buying and selling group are developing a digital property framework and, and, and data standards, and we've been um, and very close to that. And of course, the Department for... Um, uh, uh, for, for science, the, the newly, newly called DSIT, of course, that their ongoing work to create a digital identity framework as well, being really important in this, in this space. And finally, um, the importance of, of opening up public sector data. Um, I had the privilege of going up to um, meet with um, Land Registry in, in Leicester and see a lot of their work up front, including a presentation on, on their work on local land charges, but we're conscious that the public sector as a whole holds lots of data and so we're keen to hear from you where we can build on this as government and where other sources of, of information need opening up. So that's some of the sort of what, but as well as hearing your views on sort of what should change, as Kate and Mike explained, I think today is also about how, you know, how we work together to achieve change. And of course, government have got a role to play in that. Uh, hopefully the fact that so many government departments from the Geospatial Commission to Department for Science to, to DLUC to, 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 to many more, hopefully the fact that so many of, of them are represented in the room today is testament um, to the fact that government has to play a role. And we're keen to hear your asks for government, be that 
setting out a vision, as, as the minister talked about in her, her speech, a roadmap for change that we can all get behind. Be that opening up public sector data, asks to support industry to create data standards, professional standards, and so on. But we're also conscious that a lot of the tools sit outside of government. Uh, you know, it needs to be a shared endeavour. And let's be honest, if government tries to do big IT and tech things on their own, it doesn't always end up well. And that's why we're so grateful to the, to the creation and the formation of the Digital Property Market Steering Group today, and why um, I know that the Minister will be, be, be really keen and, and interested to hear about the outcome of, of today's sessions. So that's all I was going to say by way of introduction, but look forward to working with, with you all. Uh, but I'm absolutely delighted now because uh, Hannah Cook, with that great Norwegian name, uh, who I've just found out, because I said, well, would you want Norwegian? Because you've got a British accent, but apparently she's got two. So she goes home and she just turns up with this Norwegian accent. So maybe we'll have a little hello in Norwegian and a goodbye or something like that with a proper accent, because that would be nice. But Norway has already moved from paper-based to digital. So absolutely delighted. Big hand for Hannah. She's going to tell us how they did it. <laughs> Thank you, Kate, and thank you for inviting me here to share our story. Uh, I've been listening in on the buzz this morning and the questions, and even though the UK is slightly different from Norway, you are in the same situation we were a few years ago, so the issues sound very similar to me. So anyway, I thought I'd share our story about where we are. We're not finished, but we're slightly further ahead than it sounds to me that you are. And yes, I can speak Norwegian. If you decide to fall asleep at any point in time, I will switch to Norwegian to see if that wakes you up. But why Norway and why am I here? This all started last September when um, we were in the UK to meet with the Geospatial Committee, with Ordnance Survey and uh, HMLR. Um, my boss decided to share his personal story, this is my boss Yoni, um, about how he relocated closer to our office and had to sell and buy properties. And some of the things he highlighted in his personal story was that uh, all data was available up front. Heard conversations about that this morning. And also, he could do anything and everything to do with buying a flat on his smartphone, and the whole sale was completed within a week. Which uh, triggered the conversation about how on earth did we do that? So let me start by giving you a bit of contextual information about the Norwegian property market, because Norway, lots more than the UK, a bit further north, five and a half million inhabitants, so not as many people, only about two and a half million homes. And when I talk about homes in this presentation, the same process applies to commercial. I just use homes as an example. And we have about 150,000 transactions a year with approximate value of, in Corona, 550,000 uh, or million, but it's about 40 million plus, I think, in UK pounds. Um, so for us, it's a lot of money in our market. But the whole point is that even though you can say, oh, that's a very small market, that makes it a lot easier, we still have the same situation as you do. That property is a very valuable asset. There are a lot of homeowners and commercial business owners who rely on the value of their property. And it is also very important for the financial sector and keeping the businesses going throughout society. On top of that, 
homes. It's all about your dreams. It's about your lifestyle. It's about your safety and security. So it actually means something to everybody. So even if the market's different, I think you'll find that the requirements are very similar. When people buy and sell properties, they want it to be fast, they want it to be simple, and they want it to be secure. So, um, key players in Norway, slightly different from them in the UK. Land registry, that's us, we're a part of it. It's a very similar role to the UK. Uh, also, the banks have a very similar role to the UK. But the real estate agents, the setup there is slightly different because when I say real estate agents, it's the same as conveyancing and real estate agents in one and they liaise with the surveyors. So that is an all-in-one package for us in our market. So to be a real estate agent in Norway, you either have to be a lawyer by training or you have to have a bachelor degree and two years experience to get your license. And it's a very, very highly regulated sector. When we do real estate transactions, it's a very generic process. I think most markets would recognize this. You do the prospecting about the property, you then go through the sales process, and then you do the settlement and completion. Pretty similar, I would guess, in the UK. I think the main difference, as you'll see, is prospecting for us. It's marketing, survey and valuation, and all the public and legal and financial document up front. And I was um, looking at what does it look like when you sell a flat in the UK or buy a house. And I'll show you that this is the documentation we have in Norway for one property. So if you want to buy a property, this is the information you get. A uh, few more pages than in the UK. And that's basically because home surveying is a part of it. So we have a legal requirement to do that up front if you go through real estate agents. It's all the information from the cadastre and from the land registry in this document. So you know exactly what the titles are. You know exactly what you're buying. And there's a lot of information about the financial situation, about if there's a building uh, that needs uh, repair, all that information is available to the buyer up front. So that means that once you review a property, it's all about getting this document together and then the buyer can feel quite safe about what they're buying because everything they need to know is documented. And this also gives us a legal assurance that as long as nothing is out of the ordinary in this documentation, it's a safe purchase and we know what we're purchasing. And that actually gives the foundation for the rest of the process. So, believe it or not, this only takes about a month to compile. And what we usually wait for is for the surveyors to have time to do their part of the uh, viewing of the property and its pictures. So once we've got that, the rest of the data flow is actually digital. And it actually goes into the systems and you'll find that the real estate agents don't actually have to write too much because a lot of it is automatically generated. So a lot of these reports are pretty simple, even if they look pretty large and complex. And once that is done, we can actually put the house or the flat up for sale. Uh, once you do that, you do your bidding. Um, and the bid is binding because the legal documentation is there. You can actually close the deal. And that means it. we also found out that for us to send papers between banks and real estate agents and land registration by paper flow doesn't work. So all communication is digital so that it can, means that you can 
uh, go and look at a property, place your bid the next day if you feel like it, close it, and have everything completed within a week. Yeah? It is possible. <laughs> so, how did this all start? Uh, if I go back to 2014, 2015, you'd find that the bank's property did it already. Uh, all the uh, mortgage approvals and loan applications were done online. Uh, the property sales uh, process was quite digital. And also, all these parties had, or at least the banks, 24-7 customer service. And they'd all started also working with customer journeys. Um, so a lot of that was already in place already in 2014, 2015. So it was a good foundation. And listening to the conversation this morning as well, we have digital ID and we use digital signatures. That's been a part of the infrastructure in Norway for quite a while, and that's normal for us. Also, our role as a land registry is basically managing the public infrastructure, securing the property rights, but more importantly, it's being the digital enabler. So we don't want to go out and do, say, just focus on our process. We want to make sure that the data is made available to facilitate industry and their processes. And that means that already in 2014, we were given um, the opportunity to share data from our registers so that that flows automatically into the systems for both banks and real estate agents, so that all that data is readily available. And there are things that we're not ready with. We are still more things we need to do, but we've done the major parts of it. So this is all instant. And that means that the industry can build their system and their processes based on standard data and access, which is instant. And that actually we see as a very important role. Um, also, if you look at the way we do land registration, and this is something I heard you were wondering about how long it was going to take, uh, we have two alternative tracks today. One is the paper-based track with manual processing, where we still receive paper every single day, and we process it. But we are required by law to do that in two days, which means we have to register it the same day, and the next day it is checked and controlled. So you know that within two days, it's all done. Um, it used to be four days, but we streamlined the process, and this was actually new as of 2017 when we launched a new system. Um, at the same time, we have a separate track, which is also digital processing, and it's the digital processing that we actually use mainly with most of the players in the property market. But then it's instant, but finalized day two still. So that means that process is very fast. And it also means because we have uh, now about 70%, which is digital, about close of about 67, 70%, which is automatically processed, changes in the uh, volume of property transactions doesn't affect us as much as it used to. So we've done all this, and we still have challenges. And one is postal service. In Norway, the more digital society got, the worse the postal service got. It was less reliable, and it took longer. And that meant that one of the issues was for a real estate agent to send us documents by paper. It would take one or two weeks before we received them, and one or two weeks before they got them returned, even though our process only took two days. So that was an issue for the whole industry. Also, we noticed that even if we're working on separate parts of the process, 
we weren't getting the benefits out because we hadn't looked at the whole process. We'd done our bits and pieces and it wasn't aligned. So none of us were getting the benefits out of it the way we wanted to. There was still a lot of inefficiencies because we couldn't communicate across. And also, there was a lot of new regulation. Some of it is international that you probably have here as well, Data Protection Act, anti-money laundering, and uh, also um, a lot to do with uh, uh, different regulations on data exchange and what government can do and what government can't do, et cetera, throughout Europe. So all this regulation needed to be taken into account, and that meant we had to think about things slightly differently and work together to make sure we weren't making the processes more inefficient. Uh, also, we have had a strengthening of regulation in Norway, meaning that every property sold needs to have quite a detailed inspection up front. And they even drill holes in our wall now to make sure there's no mould there, just to give you the uh, picture of how thorough the home surveying is. And last but not least, the customer expectations in a digital society, they wanted us to be digital, they wanted it to go faster and we can keep up with the efficiency gains. So our response was cross-sector collaboration. And we started talking about this in 2017, 2018, and we started a project together in 2019. So it's not that many years ago. And we wanted to streamline the process across the whole process, the integrated process. Uh, we sat down and had a target of about 80%. The last 20% we don't think we can do in 10 years. It's 80%. And 13.3 uh, billion kroner is what we thought we could save. That is 900 plus in million pounds. So big benefits. And also, we saw that was a lot of paper and transportation of paper. So actually, it's to do with the environment as well that we can actually benefit from that. So I'll show you the film. The dream of owning a home is strong in Norway, with a whopping 84% of the population owning the apartment or house they live in. With so many people and such large sums of money involved, it's crucial for society that property transactions are safe and straightforward. However, property transactions are complex. There are many parties involved and there are numerous processes and rules that must be followed before a property can change ownership. Just a few years ago, selling a property was a time-consuming process with many manual steps. Since 2017, the Land Registry has closely collaborated with real estate agents and banks to digitize parts of property transactions. Time-consuming paperwork has been replaced by smart digital solutions. IT systems are integrated and essential registers are updated automatically. What used to take days and weeks now takes seconds and minutes. So far, we have saved the society a total of 6.5 billion kroner, and we believe we will save an additional 6 billion in the coming years. The digitization of property transactions is a prime example of collaboration between public and private entities. For real estate agents, banks, and the land registry, this collaboration provides a say in decision-making, predictability, and the opportunity for innovation and streamlining within their own organizations. Together, we have established standards and shared solutions that everyone benefits from. And for everyone looking to realize their dream of home ownership, this collaboration contributes to a simpler and more flexible property market. So what we actually did was quite simple. We uh, worked with the association for the real retail banks called Finance Norway and the association for the real estate agents. And they also brought the system vendors on board so that they can work on the digital solutions that actually support the processes. And 
we are Kartverket, that's the Norwegian name for the mapping authority. And we also used a digital component called Altin, which is used across the digital infrastructure in Norway for actually data exchange. And based on that, we do two things. We organize for automatic flow of deeds and pledge documents through our systems from the banks and real estate agents automatically. And we use the other component to make sure that all information exchange could happen between banks and real estate agents so that you didn't have the paper-based flow. That was basically what we've done. And we're adding new types of property documents as we go, but we started with the biggest ones that would give the most impact. Um, and we got a higher option rate out of it. Now there are probably different numbers in the UK, but we have about 450 different banks and real estate agents using this service. Uh, we have a higher adoption rate. You can see that from 2020, when we launched this solution, we've moved from 14% usage to 56% of documents going through that in just a few years. And also, this gives a lot of time savings because there's no need for manual signatures, no need for physical meetings, everything is digital throughout the process. And also, we're saving at the end of this, we'll save 120 tons of paper. And you can imagine what that means. So, and it also helps us in the Land Registry get higher digital rates on how we do our transactions, which is savings for us. So when I asked Finance Norway about what should I talk about when I get to the UK, uh, they said the key message for them was actually collaboration and trust between the parties. The fact that we're sitting around the same table, having common goals, common objectives, agreeing priorities. And the priorities don't always benefit all the players at the same time, but we agree on what we do first, what we do second, and the total objective. And also, we have no contractual obligations between the parties. We have a letter of intent, basically. We have no money changing hands. We all do what we're supposed to with our <coughs> mandates. And as the Land Registry, we haven't done anything in terms of changing government policy or changing our mandate. It's all within our existing mandate, and the same with the other players in this. And also when I asked uh, the Real Estate Brokerage uh, Association about it, they are just absolutely amazed about how much benefits are coming out of it. And as a public sector land registration, I think we get about 1% of the benefits, which is good for us, which we reinvest in the systems. But most of the benefits actually go to industry. And that is all about being the digital enabler. So key takeaways from uh, that I would give you from our learning is think big what you want to achieve set sort of big goals where you want to go but take small steps to make sure you get benefits as you move because that actually gives momentum to collaborate and move forward and also you need to work across sectors you can't sort of wait for one or the other you all have to be in this together and say okay we agree on the priorities we agree on the goals that's what we want to do and also track the results because that shows how you can actually get things out of the collaboration whilst you move forward so short and sweet our story This is Property With A View, available on all the usual platforms. Please do leave a review and a rating. Some of the audio for this episode was recorded live at the DPMSG conference and is therefore of a different production standard. We hope this does not affect your enjoyment of this content.